Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to TC Live, our half-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action from Sydney to Adelaide. It is day four of the ATP Cup, the first semifinal spots on the line. Plus, we've got a blockbuster match for the ladies in Adelaide. Take a look at this lineup on Tennis Channel and TC Plus over the next 13 hours. Right there at the bottom, Paula Bedosa, Victoria Azarenka run it back just three months after that Indian Wells final. Taylor Fritz and Sasha Zverev, they do the same thing. Plus Naomi Osaka, Coco Goff, Daniil Medvedev, and more. What a day. We're going to call it Big Monday tennis style as we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman, Taylor Townsend, Paul Anacone. Huge day of matches. Let's start, though. How about Paula Bedosa, Vika Azarenka? They played that final at Indian Wells. It went three sets. Bedosa made the top ten, and first match of the year, they're back at it. I mean, I think they manifested it, honestly. But, I mean, I can't wait for this match. I mean, Bedosa was playing so well at the end of the year, and Vika wanted that so bad. She wanted that title. So, you could see that they were really nice to each other at the end, but Bedosa just showing so much emotion. I mean, she's been through a lot. And just for her to be able to end the year that way is absolutely amazing. But I'm very excited for this rematch. Who's going to be more nervous? Definitely Bedosa. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, a little, little pressure. Remember the end of this match, Vika struggled a little bit with the nerves, and they both were going back and forth. But what about the uh, little tweets? Right after the match, Victoria Azarenka was like, rematch next year? She, she thought that was a joke at the time. And <laughs> Bedosa replied, where do I have to sign? Well, they definitely spoke it into existence after that incredible match. And Bedosa said, I wasn't expecting a match like that to start, but to win a tournament, you have to beat the best players. We saw it, Taylor, in the ATP Cup. I mean, you've got Zvera playing Fritz today. Why not start with the best? I mean, you might as well. I mean, just throw you right in there, right? I mean, you have to do, you have to test yourself. And that's the tough thing when you're starting in Australia. Everybody goes. Nobody, I mean, except the people who live in Australia. Everyone has to travel so far. So when you're going, you play and you maximize the schedule and the calendar. So you're playing the warm-up tournaments and as much as you can to lead up to the Australian Open. So all of those smaller tournaments are going to be incredibly strong, and I'm honestly not surprised at the draw. It, it's amazing. I cannot wait for this match. Bedosa says this year her goal is to win a major. Azarenka's got two, and she got them both in Australia. We are going to break down all the big matches coming up later, but first, let's look back. Group D action from yesterday. Poland, Georgia. Hubie Hercoc taking on Alex Metrovelli instead of Nicholas Basilashvili. Metrovelli, an incredible story, Paul, broke both of his legs in a car crash five years ago, was told he'd never be able to run gets the first set against Hercotch. Not only can he run, he can play professional tennis, and that first set was terrific stuff. Squeaked out the tie break, and Hercotch starting to realize that at his level now, he can win matches playing average tennis. Doesn't panic or get down on himself as much as he used to. He and Craig Boynton have done a terrific job solidifying his game. 6-3 second set, just cruises in the third. How about that little flicker to get to double match point? 
just too good, Metrobelli says. But a nice effort for Metrobelli, but for Hercox, let's keep our eye on him this year. He could be very dangerous, starting to come into his own, feeling a ton of confidence. So Poland gets the win over Georgia. Then we've got Argentina and Greece. And we got to see Stefano Tsitsipas play his first singles match of the year. Paul, you didn't think it was going to happen. He took the court against Diego Schwartzman, and this match lived up to the hype. A oh, great first set. I was surprised to see Stefanos get out on the court. Couldn't play singles a couple days ago. Did play the doubles and went out and said, you know what? I'm going to play singles tonight. This is a tough out in Diego Schwartzman. They played a brutal first set, and the tiebreak went Sitsipas's way. Did a terrific job to win the first set. And what does Diego Schwartzman do? Well, he does every single match. Doesn't give up. Plays tough tennis. Great return games. Played better as the match went on. Look at the footwork there. So difficult to finish the point. And Schwartzman breaks and then holds to solidify the second. To be honest with you guys, I wasn't even concerned about this match result for Pass. I'm more concerned about what does he feel like today? What's the arm going to be like? And how is he going to progress? We didn't see him a couple days ago. He said he couldn't hit after the doubles match the next day, so that was challenging. He played a heck of a match here for his first match, but Diego Schwartzman just too solid, gets that lead in the third, and a solid win, 6-7-3-3. A lot still to be determined, Steve. Yeah, third top five win for Diego Schwartzman. He's got Argentina right now on the brink of the semifinals. Greece is eliminated, so Poland and Argentina, perfect 6-0 in matches at this point. Afterwards, though, let's hear from Stefano Tsitsipas evaluating his performance. I mean, it gets better and better every single day almost. I can see an increase of it getting better. Um, it let me down today. My serve did let me down, but um, I think we have plenty of time before the Australian Open begins, and I think if I take the right precautions and follow what my doctor says, then I can see myself uh, performing at 100% at the Australian Open. I think he was he was hitting hard. I mean, the serve was 2-10, 2-0-8 every time. But uh, obviously, sometimes uh, in the first matches of the year, we, we make a few more mistakes than uh, if you compare for to the next uh, matches. Yeah. Oh, he hit about 120 serves in the match. That's double what he's been doing in practice, Taylor. What's your assessment? from that match from Sitsipas. I mean, Sitsipas is keeping it close to the chest. He's not really giving us much, and I think that he's doing that because he has to know that everybody's looking at him. Everybody is assessing to see if he's going to be ready to play, and he's a top seed, so people are gunning for him, so he's trying to keep it very under wraps, not really telling too much. He kind of wants to let his racket do the talking. It didn't do so much talking today, but I mean, honestly, it doesn't really surprise me that he's not really giving us much, but we're just going to have to watch and see what happens over these next couple of weeks. It's great to hear, Paul, that he said he's, he expects to be 100% for the Australian Open. Also, what we didn't hear, he said he was able to hit balls that he was scared to hit two weeks ago. So that's a good sign as well. But you mentioned earlier, what, what happens today is what matters. Yeah, I was trying to look through the eyes and get into his head a little <laughs> bit. And see, is he trying to convince us that things are okay, or is he hoping things are okay? Look, it's tough. The thing is, we really would like to have a press conference today. Right. tomorrow and see how that arm feels. He said he was feeling pain during the match. Um, we know he struggled after the doubles match the other day. It is a huge ask to come back 
after elbow surgery and start basically start the year in a three out of five set tournament in the heat down in Australia. He is a tremendous athlete, so I'm not so worried about his tennis because he's going to win a lot of matches on athleticism. I'm worried about the ability for the elbow to sustain the duration of a long event like that. And not only for Australia, but we don't want him to do anything in Australia that nope. could hamper the rest of the season. It's a long season. Meantime, the ladies in Adelaide, we've already got our point of the season so far. Come on. We got man. the Australian wildcard, Priscilla Hahn, near court, ranked 263 in the world, going for the biggest win of her career against two-time major champ Petra Kvitova. And Taylor, Hahn means chase in Czech. She lived <laughs> up to it. How about that? But I mean, Priscilla Hahn has been struggling a lot with injuries over the last 14 months. So it's great to see her even back out playing a high level of tennis, but I mean, this point is just something that you love to see at the beginning of the year, testing the legs, testing the lungs, seeing if you can hang and go the distance, and Priscilla Hahn outlasted Kvitova. You can see a little smile on her face, a little relief, and Kvitova on the other hand, like, man, I need my breath. <laughs> but I mean, this is a great uh, match for Priscilla Hahn. Honestly, the biggest win of her career, and you can see how much it means to her, but it's great to see her back out there. She's a great player. Yeah, she was sidelined five months last year, 14 months overall, had a hip injury, said, I can't explain how happy I am. I've been waiting for this moment. She'd never beaten a top 40 player, much less a top 20 player. Meantime, Layla Fernandez opening her season against Ekaterina Alexandrova, the Canadian, coming out strong, didn't face a break point, Taylor. Yeah, I wasn't really worried about Layla Fernandez in this match, even though we didn't see much of her in the latter part of 2021. She works so hard and she's just so intense every single point. She never lets up. She never gives you any air to breathe. And I wasn't really worried about her because she's very solid overall. I mean, not really much goes wrong in her game. And Alexandrova doesn't have many weapons that can really hurt Fernandez. One of the things that Fernandez has done so well is gotten so solid with her defense and being able to hit on the run and then taking her court positioning, really imposing herself once she hits a big ground stroke to move forward. Great win for her. Layla Fernandez could face Iga Sviantek next, depending on what Iga does today. Maria Sakari, Isla Tomjanovic, Elena Rybakina, and Kaya Yuvan also getting wins day one in Adelaide. We've got live tennis coming up top of the hour, plus still to come on TC Live. We're breaking down those matches, including Taylor Fritz and Sasha Zverev. Spain remaining perfect at the ATP Cup. How'd they do it? And when could we see Juan Martin Del Potro back on the ATP Tour? Speaking of a comeback, 23-time major champ Serena Williams is hinting at returning to the court soon. We'll tell you all about it. You're watching TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, a semi-finalist at the Australian Open last year, Serena Williams played just seven matches after that before a hamstring injury forced her to retire after just six games into her Wimbledon opener. She will not play in Australia this year, but did say she's excited to return and compete at her highest level. 
Her coach, Patrick Moradoglu, posted this on Instagram recently. It was a long motivational post. Part of it saying it doesn't matter where you are or where you start. If you have a dream, a vision, and you're doing it for the right reasons, you can turn your life around. Well, Serena posted this reply. I love this. Let's get back out there. Flex, flex. How about that? All right. It's our tennis topic today, Serena Williams. What should we read into that, that post? She's excited to get back out there, well, Taylor. First, you said flex, flex, but there was a few in there, too. There's a few emoji yeah. as well. Little, no, but I mean, sweat. <laughs> sweat on the brow. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. But I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, we've seen a lot of Serena in different elements where it's runway and Met Gala and being dressed up and really showing us another side of her. We really haven't seen much content when it comes to tennis, gym kind of thing. So we're not really sure where she is, but they've always been incredibly secretive when it comes to what they're doing. I mean, it's always a mystery. They come out on the scene and boom, just start killing it. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm really expecting for her to do well and be in great shape because she's had so long to kind of take off, not only to rehab, but to rest the mind, rest the body, have a chance to spend time with the family. So she should be ready and rejuvenated to go. But Patrick Mortagalu, he's such a great guy to have in her corner because he's very supportive in the way if he gives her space, he gives her the opportunity to get back to the place where she's ready to play, ready to practice, loves the game, and is motivated. He's not really pushing her and saying, okay, let's, we have to go, we have to go. And that's great because you have to understand your player. You have to understand when they're ready to go and, and when they can push. And that's kind of the, the great dynamic that they have. I think it's interesting to think about, for her, the definition of why she's playing now. And I think that's some of what Patrick was trying to get out there, just a little moment to reflect. And, and for, for Serena, I mean, let's think about it. 23, she's been on that number of majors for so long. What a spectacular career. If she doesn't play another match, it doesn't matter. I mean, she has done so much. But now, internally, I think with great players, they've got to figure out why they want to keep playing. She is such a competitor. She wants to get that number 24 and maybe even beyond. She needs to make sure she's really right and really ready. And I think, Taylor, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. All those things outside the court for her are a great way for her to kind of decompress and hit the reset button for a bit. But I think at the end of your career as an athlete, you have to be very careful not to stray too far that way because mm. the longer you go, the harder it is to get back there. There's a fine line between break and getting refreshed and going too far to where you can't quite back uh, quite get it back but I think her and Patrick uh, know exactly what they want to do and uh, she's so great there's no reason she can't continue yeah. to play great 40 years young and she's a one of one uh, she does things that nobody else on the planet does so you put that out there obviously 24 is the goal it's what we've always talked about Taylor she's not playing Australia so that leaves three majors this year do you think she plays all of them how much do you think she plays this year well I mean we know that she trains and she has a base in France so it wouldn't really surprise me to, for her to come back on the clay I mean even though clay is a lot more you know physical but it's easier on your body so I mean it wouldn't surprise me for her to come back at the French Open maybe prior to that play a little hardcore maybe Miami hometown home girl so we'll see but I'm really excited to get see her back out there yeah I was actually a little surprised she skipped Australia I, I thought maybe we would see her skip Paris um, mm -hmm. because you have that time in the off season and she you know she had a lot of time in the fall I thought she could have had that break built up had a really strong run in Australia and then taken a little bit of a breather through the spring
spring until the grass starts again. But look, it's so easy to second guess. You know what? When I watch and when I do this after matches, I never make mistakes, which is what, <laughs> why I love doing this. But I think she knows exactly what she wants to do. She wants to get that 24 number and beyond, and that's being refreshed and being ready to go. And, and she'll do it. She just needs to figure out what the right schedule is. Right. Hope to see her sooner than later. Me too. Miami, Indian yep. Wells, whatever it is, and then hopefully Paris, London, and New York get 24, 25. Who knows? Maybe 26. Yeah. She is the last player to win three majors in a single season on the women's side. Much more still to come here on TC Live. We have not seen Juan Martin Del Potro on court since 2019. We will let you know when the Tower of Tendil will make his return. Maybe against Johnny Mack. Who knows? Plus, guys getting ready to go. Taylor Fritz. John Isner, they are the singles players in action for Team USA today who didn't drop a match in their first one. Taylor Fritz taking on Sasha Zverev today. Beat him at Indian Wells. Will we see Brandon Nakashima? Taylor, Paul, Steve back with you on TC Live. Coming up top of the hour, Team USA, Team Germany. John Isner looking for his fifth straight win against Jan Leonard Struff to get Team USA out to an early lead before Fritz and Zverev. How the Spaniards have been balling. Roberto Bautista Agut, he loves the ATP Cup. Nine match wins here, Paul, taking on Casper Ruud. Uh, just one of my favorite guys on tour, Roberto Bautista Agut. Blue collar, I call him a blue collar pro, does everything right makes so few poor decisions when he plays, and it was no different yesterday. Look at him sneaking to the net, taking the time away from Casper Ruud, who's got that huge forehand, but look at Roberto Bautista Gut again coming forward, knocking off the volley, knew exactly what he needed to do, and in the big moments, that's exactly what he did. For Casper Ruud, it was a solid match, just a couple of mistakes at inopportune times, and Roberto Bautista Gut goes 2-0, in uh, ATP Cup, and he continues to start the year on fire like he has before. Won 92% of his first serves, does everything so well. How about Christian Garin? Actually beat Dusan Lajevic back in 2013 for his first career ATP Tour victory. Playing him yesterday, uh, Dusan Lajevic would play well in this first set, Taylor. Yeah, and I think Kareen forgot that Dusan Lajevic has one of the best one-hand backhands on tour, but just playing yeah. unbelievable, hitting his spot, very great depth on his ground strokes and really kind of yoking Kareen around the court, but great resolve from Kareen of just being able to stay uh -oh. in it, uh -oh. and then I think we see some cramps, and Ooh, we were talked earlier in the week <laughs> about the conditions and how hot it's been in Australia. This Melbourne summer, the Sydney summer, is nothing to play with, you guys. It is hot, and these guys are trying to hydrate, but I mean, sometimes that's just not enough, and we can see that Dusan Lajevic just didn't have enough in the tank, and you have to weigh your options and see that. Is it really worth me continuing to play? He just decided to call it a great win and great resolve for Green. Spain, they stay perfect. 6-0 in matches. They will take on Serbia tomorrow. Meantime, Chile, that's a first win at the ATP Cup. So stuff still up for grabs, but Spain controls its destiny when it comes to advancing to the semifinals. And, man, they, they are looking really good, Pablo Carino Busta and RBA. Those guys are just, they just don't give you anything easy, and they've showed already why they've been so good for so long. Argentina's perfect, and they don't even have Juan Martin Del Potro, but guess what? They may have him soon. 
Juan Martin Del Potro telling us that he may be coming back in February to play Buenos Aires and Rio. How about that? Come on, big fella. We miss you. This guy has had such a rough go of it. So many injuries, so many operations. One of the nicest guys you will ever meet. And he just happens to be a great tennis player. So let's hope it is in February. And let's hope he's happy and healthy. Biggest thing is when he stops, we want it to be on his terms. Yeah, and Delpo, he's just like no drama at all. I mean, just gets injured, says, hey guys, I'm going back. I'll be back soon though, and I'm so glad to see him play. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite players, one of the best ball strikers on the ATP Tour still to this day. So I can't wait to see him back on the court. Two-time comeback player of the year. Maybe he'll get it for a third time. And big congratulations hey, Jagger. to Jagger Leach, the son of Lindsey Davenport and John Leach. He won the USDA Boys 14 Winter Nationals Yay. in Tucson, Arizona. Bravo, First gold ball fella. for Jag. How about Bravo. that? I that remember so those days when I was like, scratching and clawing trying to get a gold ball. I mean, I was like itching for those. I mean, it was like the pinnacle. I mean, no trophy mattered more than a gold ball. Yeah, so great to see. Jaggers had a tough year dealing with some injuries. I think uh, dad was there coaching him, getting him through. I think mom was probably biting her nails at home. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay definitely was not there. A lot of gold balls in that family, yeah. and, and now Jagger has one of them as well. Thank you, by the way, to John for all the text updates this morning. I was like, How, how's he doing? How's he doing? <laughs> 6-1 in the third. Jagger Leach coming through. Here's what we got going for you today. ATP Cup coming up top of the hour. Meantime, Melbourne starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. We have so many great what matches day. for you throughout the entire night. The men, the women, and the three of us back for TC Live tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We will preview those matches coming up next. Match is getting way underway momentarily from Sydney, Australia. Day four of the ATP Cup. We've got some really good ones. It starts with John Isner, Jan Leonard Struff, Fritz taking on Zverev. We've got Osaka Coco Golf in action. By the way, if Coco wins that match, she could play Ash Barty in the next round. That would be a good one. Medvedev, Dimonor, and of course, we've already talked about Paula Bedosa, Victoria Azarenka rematch from the Indian Wells final last year as the Americans out on the court getting ready to take on Germany. So let's look ahead to some of these matchups. Let's start with Naomi Osaka, her first match since the U.S. Open against Alize Cornet. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is definitely a test for Naomi because Alize Cornet is no pushover and she is a fighter. She is not going to go anywhere. She is very emotional, has a lot of ups and downs, but she kind of has the game that can disrupt Naomi a little bit. Hits loopy with a lot of spin. They can flatten out the backhand, kind of changes the pace, changes the rhythm. But I think it'll be a good test for Naomi to see where she's at physically, where she's at mentally, how she is able to compete and stay in it point to point, game to game. I'm I'm looking forward to this match. Can't wait to see that one. Should be around 8.30, 9 o'clock Eastern approximately. And Paul, your guy, Taylor Fritz, taking on Sasha Zverev. How much did it mean for him to get that win against Zverev last year at Indian Wells? I think it helped a lot, obviously. He lost to him last year also at Wimbledon in four sets. Uh, he did beat him in, in uh, Basel, I think, a couple of years ago. Uh, and uh, I think he should be feeling free and swinging loosely because he's the underdog. And, and I think it's important for him just to go out there and, and do what he does well. And the pressure is on that man right there. It's not on Taylor Fritz. So it should be a fun match for Taylor Fritz to play. 
Zverev, 37 and four since the start of the Tokyo Olympics last year. I mean, he, he has been on Amazing. a roll. One of those four losses, though, to Taylor Fritz. Uh, how about Coco Golf? Starts her season today. What are your expectations for the teenager? I mean, I, it's crazy that she's still a teenager. It feels like she's been out <laughs> there for, be for, a while. for a long time. <laughs> but I mean, I'm excited to see Coco. I love watching her play. And I've just really enjoyed seeing her upward rise. I mean, just her maturity and how she's kind of come into her own in front of our eyes. and. This is not going to be a very hard match for her, in my opinion. I think it's going to be more like target practice, really, and just being able to just play solid tennis, get on the court, get off the court. Nice little match just to start the season, but I don't really think it's going to be a big test. Nice little match before you get Ash Barty yeah. in the next round. Paul, uh, Alex Menor had a huge win against Matteo Berrettini in his first match at the ATB Cup. Now he gets the number two player in the world, Daniil Medvedev. He's never beaten him. What do you think? It's, it's a different matchup, right? I mean, now he's got a guy that's a tremendous defender. He's got a guy that can play deep in the court, make him hit extra balls. Dimonar loves playing in Australia. We saw just two days ago how excited he is in front of his home crowd. So he's going to bring the passion. He's going to bring his A, a game. Says he's in the best shape of his life. Mm -hmm. This should be a lot of fun for him, too, because he is the underdog. And uh, let's not forget that Medvedev lost his singles a couple days ago. So I think for Daniel, he does want to come out and play good tennis today. It's be a fun one. Yeah, but I mean, personally, I don't really think that Alex Dimonar has enough to hurt Daniel Medvedev. Ugo Umber really took it to Medvedev and kind of took his racket out of his hands by using the angles, the flat shots coming in and just disrupting Medvedev's rhythm. And I don't see Dimonar as that kind of player. He's more of a retriever, counter puncher, and can can unload on the ball when he wants to, but more of a defensive player or retriever. So I don't really see him hurting Medvedev. I can see them having some very long exchanges, long rallies, great points. But overall, I'm calling Medvedev in this match. No, it's, it's a great call because the question for Dimonar is you're great when you play someone that brings all the pace to you and tries to play offensive. And that's not what Medvedev's going to do. He's going to back up and he's going to defend. So the big question for Dimonar is how are you going to finish the points? You're going to come to the net because you're not going to just hit through him. You can't do that. So a big uh, equation for Alex Dimonar. We'll see how loud it gets in there and see if he can bring the same kind of energy. This was the Sydney final in 2018. Dimonar actually took the first set, ended up losing in three. By the way, if Australia beats Russia and Italy beats France, the Aussies advance to the semifinals. If Russia and France win, then Russia advances to the final four. After a break, we've got Jan Leonard Struff and John Isner, Group C in action. Paul's going to head to the booth, join Jason Goodall for the call of this one. For Taylor, Paul, I'm Steve. Thanks for joining us for another edition of TC Live. Enjoy one heck of a night of tennis.